Welcome to the Western Kansas Wildlife Travel Center right here in my hometown of Oakley, Kansas. We're the front door of Western Kansas, located on three main highways, I-70, US-83, and US-40. And all those roads lead to history, beautiful scenery, and adventure, no matter which direction you go. We now have an IHOP brand that you've trusted up and down the road in all your travels is staffed with local folks, real people, just like you and me, and we're waiting on you to join us. So for fun, adventure, fuel up, fuel your body, and let's have some fun. Looks like it's time for our tour. Welcome to the Fort Wallace Museum. Here at the museum, you're gonna find some really interesting stuff like our replica stagecoach from the Butterfield Overland Dispatch. We've got facades from the fort buildings. And we've got an 1870s flag. There's a plesiosaur that was discovered locally. We've got the Ray pump organ collection. We're a little bit place with a great big story and we'd love to have you. Welcome back to Wildlife Wednesday on Around Kansas. I'm Michelle Martin. And I'm Bib Goodrich. And we have been talking about the rabbit, that cute, fluffy, little hippity-hoppity uh, creature that we love to see and pet in the petting barn at the zoo, but we definitely do not want to see them nibbling at our garden and our crops. That's exactly right. You know, sometimes... Uh, Jake and I'll come back to the ranch at night and, you know, we've got cats. We've got, uh, uh, I don't know how many outdoor cats. And of course there are coyotes all around. It never fails that three or four rabbits will run across the road as we're coming back. And then uh, it's not um, out of the ordinary to see a big jackrabbit, you know. So we've got the cottontails and the jackrabbits. And I'm like, how do they survive? with the cats and the coyotes and the owls, how do they survive? So the obvious answer everybody knows is that um, bunnies procreate just constantly. So there's always a new litter. There must be millions of them. There really must be millions because we never seem to run out. Well, you know, Deb, here where I live in Arizona, the last thing I would expect to see would be little bunnies or hares possibly on my hike. My husband and I, almost every day, we do a mile round trip hike um, up what is known as Spook Hill. And it's kind of at the near the foot of the Superstition Mountains. And it's about a 13% grade of incline all the way up. And so it hurts going up and it's lovely coming down. And the other day we got to the top and I was exploring another little trail that takes you to another spot to look out and see the urban sprawl that I really, really dislike. And as I was coming back, my husband said, there's bunnies. <laughs> and I looked in this little scrub brush and there were three little bunnies. Um, they're probably hares. They had much longer ears, but they were young. And someone who had been up, um, up the hike had thrown out baby carrots. And so they were very happily nibbling on baby carrots. And I was just mesmerized. It was, oh, bunnies. And when we did our hike today, the first thing I said on the way up was, 
I wonder if the bunnies will be there today <laughs> because I'm all about seeing the cute little wildlife. So, um, but folks during, um, you know, during World War One and during the 20s and the 30s, it was all, you know, really the rabbits had become more of an invasive species yeah, for sure. in many areas. Um, I don't know about you, Deb, but when I hear the stories of the rabbit drives from the Dust Bowl era, it's it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking and it's also gruesome and it's also very, there's almost a morbid curiosity I have about it. Um, because sometimes like this group of people in the image behind me, they are not actually hunting uh, the rabbits with rifles or pistols. What they would do in many cases is get lines of men would literally fan out and they would walk and literally the entire ground would look like it was moving because it was so filled with the jackrabbits. Yeah. And so they would move them and kind of funnel them into an area and then the men would go ahead and folks, we do not condone doing this by any stretch of the imagination, but you know, they were so desperate to save what crops were growing during the Dust Bowl, uh, they would use small little clubs and club the animals. Yeah. Um, and one woman described it as sounding like babies crying when they would, would kill them. And she said, she remembered, um, that happening and then the very next weekend was black sunday mm -hmm. and she said my mother wondered was this punishment for killing the rabbits in the way we'd had and it was just nothing short of heartbreaking you know one of the things that i remember uh being told was that uh you know of course they had gotten rid of a lot of the coyotes because mm -hmm. coyotes uh, can get small livestock, you know, chickens and, yes. and, and small animals. So um, they, they could be a serious nuisance. But if you didn't have the coyotes killing the rabbits, then the rabbit population got out of whack. Right. So, you know, living with nature, it's, it's just always a balancing act. You know, how far can we go with this? before we get those unintended consequences. And so that I think, if I remember correctly, that was that was one of the causes. And, and then, you know, um, the Dust Bowl, everything was hungry. You know, there was mm -hmm. just not enough to go around. That's simple as it can be made. And, and so everything was hungry, people, animals, everything. So yeah, yeah. really, really dark time. And uh, you know, some of the people that survived those times and managed to hang on to the family farms, you know, we, we do have some of those uh, century farms here that have been inhabited, you know, by the same folks for generations now, but um, that it was a tough thing to do. It was a really tough thing to do. Yeah, and you're right, you, you know, that every, everyone and everything was hungry during the Dust Bowl, and it's amazing because um, some of the interviews you read or you listen to, um, especially in Kansas and Western Kansas, where you've got folks who are trying to manage um, not only having farm ground that they're planting, but also raising cattle. Mm -hmm. And you're right, um, it, was, it was seen as important to thin out the coyote or even the wolf, even wolves, the coyote, right. wolf, you know, the larger predator population. 
And then of course you open up that gateway for smaller species like the rabbits and, and other rats and other kinds of critters to proliferate and you didn't have any choice. And to me, what was so incredibly sad was, you know, reading one gentleman's account, he said, you know, it was equally sad to him because in some cases, if he said, we knew if we didn't kill the rabbits, there would be nothing for us to eat in our garden or nothing for us to feed the cattle. And if we didn't have the cattle, we wouldn't have milk. And if we, or we wouldn't have meat. And then we would have to go ahead and also kill the cattle. Yeah. And so it was this vicious cycle that was so difficult in that time period. And yeah. so uh, for them, the easiest thing was to go ahead and try to thin out the rabbit population, which let's face it, we still have issues um, needing to probably thin out that population now. Um, even though I do confess, I, I do just really like to see those little fluffy tails bouncing through the prairie. Um, I like to leave them alone, but I understand how they can become uh, prolific and they can cause their own kind of damage. Yes, they sure can. Um, yeah. Uh, Peter Cottontail um, should have learned his cautionary tale. You know, rabbits should have learned from him and and figured out how to look elsewhere for their <laughs> meals, you know, without crossing, without crossing the fence there. And maybe, maybe we could live in harmony, but until they do, it's hunting season. <laughs> exactly. We've That's had a great sure. time with you. We've had a great time with you today. So I hope you can join us again for Wildlife Wednesday next week. In the meantime, we'll be back with Fun Time Friday. So you can watch anytime you want to and share with your friends. I'm Deb Goodrich. And I'm Michelle Martin. And we will see you somewhere around Kansas. Bye-bye. <laughs>Looks like it's time for our tour. Welcome to the Fort Wallace Museum. Here at the museum, you're gonna find some really interesting stuff like our replica stagecoach from the Butterfield Overland Dispatch. We've got facades from the fort buildings. And we've got an 1870s flag. There's a plesiosaur that was discovered locally. We've got the Ray pump organ collection. We're a little bit place with a great big story and we'd love to have you. 21. A trade route was opened from Missouri in the United States across prairies and mountains to Mexico. In 2021, we will mark 200 years of epic conflicts and grand adventures, larger-than-life personalities and sweeping landscapes. Join us on an historic journey. The Santa Fe Trail lives on. Find us on social media or santafetrail.org.